Welcome back. My name is Isabel Gates, and this is the Spacemakers Podcast. If this is the first time you are joining us in our space, we're going to ask you to pause and go listen to episode zero first, which kind of explains what this podcast is all about. We recommend listening to that first before diving into any of the other topics. Right now, we are doing a mini-series on the quote-unquote Kingdom Kid experience. If you grew up in our family of churches, the International Churches of Christ, you will know that people in our church often use this term to refer to kids who were born in this church to members of this church. So far, we have discussed the complexities of the term itself, dove into the varying experiences of different Kingdom Kids, and talked to some of our parents about their experiences raising Kingdom Kids. To round out our mini-series, we're going to hear from a very well-known name in our family of churches, someone who considers himself one of the very first Kingdom Kids and who has now raised three of them himself. J. Brian Craig is an evangelist, teacher, songwriter, and worship leader. He's written songs that are sung in ICOC churches around the world. Songs like Be With Me Lord, Praises Heard Around the World, Home in Heaven, Anchor for the Soul, and a bunch more. He's basically responsible for half the songs I grew up singing in church. Brian and his wife, Dessa, have worked for the church for over 20 years and now lead a region in the LA Church of Christ. We originally had Brian on for a Kingdom Kid Experience episode, but it quickly grew into a discussion about the generation gap in church. So, if you haven't heard our first Generation Gap episode with Gordon Ferguson, you might want to, because we refer to it quite a lot in this recording. But without further ado, let's just hear from Brian. I'm so excited to have you on here. Um, been singing songs that you've written since I was born, probably. (laughs) (laughs) So it's pretty exciting to be on the Zoom call with you and to be able to hear more about you as a person. Do you want me to call you JVC? In my head, you're JVC, (laughs) but I realize that's kind of weird. So Brian's probably... Yeah, just call me Brian. Yeah, it's funny. All all these... My own kids call me J. Brian Craig just to be silly because... That's hilarious. But yeah, I mean, the only reason I used that was because... so. Like when I first started doing music, BrianCraig.com was taken and was <laughs> like funny. was like an African American real estate agent in Georgia or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was like, oh, Michael J. Fox, or you know, like E. Sherwin McIntosh. You know, I just used my first initial because my parents always call me by my middle name. So that's oh, why I what always, does the J stand for then? Uh James. Yeah. James. Yeah. But people call you Brian and Everybody I will call, call you Brian. Brian. Um, so the cool thing about you is that you were a kingdom kid and then now you were raising kingdom kids or have finished raising them. I'm not sure how old they are. Uh-huh. Um, are they kind of out of the nest by this point? Are you kind of done? Uh, they're all still in the nest, but yeah, the kids cool. are 22, 20 and almost 17. So, Oh, all right. Yeah. So, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so I guess, yeah, just opening up that first question is, um, how was your experience as a kingdom kid? Just looking yeah. back. Well, it's kind of unique because <clears throat> I mean, we didn't use that term then and there wasn't very many of us. So, um, I know, you, you know, I, I, I've listened to, uh, your opening, your first podcast and then the one, the ones with Gordon, I, I haven't been able to listen to the kingdom kids one yet, but yeah, but um, 
it's really great by the way you're doing an awesome job i love your podcast and i love the i love the i think it's a big need as well so i really appreciate you guys stepping out and doing it and um, i love love having these kinds of conversations i have a lot of them um appreciate it i I have a lot of long talks with young people and stuff and uh i also spent um Starting in 2016, I've been going, taking master's classes at Pepperdine in, 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 in class. So all the, the students I'm with are like in their early twenties. And so, you know, I just finished, but for, you know, four or five years, I was in class with, with people in their early twenties. So forgive me if I accidentally say kids or something, you know, when I'm referring to people (laughs) that age group, my my father-in-law still calls me and that's a kid. So I think it's just a, a dad thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't mean any disrespect. I definitely consider, we get it. consider you adults, <laughs> but uh, so I, anyway, I think it's a really valuable podcast, but so, but our church, so my experience, my family is um, both my parents are our church of Christ, many, many generations, like at least right. nine, at least nine generations that we know of. But anyway, so I was born in 71 and then my dad went in the ministry not much longer after that, I think probably mid seventies and, uh, got involved with crossroads, which was, uh, I think you guys have probably talked about, I think I heard Gordon talk about it a little bit and what crossroads was doing was send, you know, training campus ministers and, uh, and then sending them out to these mainline church of Christ congregations. And, um, somebody made a comment on the, on the podcast that, you know, 30 years ago or, or however many years ago, we, we, um, kind of didn't agree with what was going on. So we started our own thing and that, that's kind of a, I mean, that's sort of true in a way, but sort of not true in another way. So within the church of Christ and forgive me, cause I, I, I really get into this stuff. So if I'm going way too off, just you're read, good. No, church history me. is so important. It's just so redirect important. me. But I think, so church history is full of all kinds of this happens and then we correct for it, right? This happens right. and then we correct for it. And yeah. I think what we always want to be doing is, is, well, what is the spirit doing? How is he working? How is he moving? And like, let's align ourselves with him. Let's, let's align ourselves with that. Like, like mm-hmm. what does God want us to do? So I feel like that's really true of even right now. And I can talk more about that later, but mm-hmm. so I feel like God was doing that in the sixties and early seventies where there was a lot of student activism. There was a lot of, it was a kind of crazy time in our country and in our world, but mm-hmm. God was doing something. And so there was a, a real youth movement in our, our country. And there was a real desire to see change. And the idea was let's, let's, and they, they were, so it was a kind of overcorrection, but they were very anti-structure because they were coming out of Presbyterian church that was very structured and had like a real, real hierarchical kind of thing to it. And so they were like, we don't want any structure because we don't see that in the Bible. And so we just want to be just Christians. And, and, and so, so there was just these, all these congregations that are autonomous and they were held together loosely by these publications and by like conferences and by like mission societies. There were some people that thought even mission societies aren't biblical because that's structure. We shouldn't have even mission societies and stuff. So it was very anti-structure. So there was, there was a cultural clash. And so a lot of those churches were either splitting or, you know, it wasn't really working well. So I share all that to say, I kind of, I picture, I I, I consider myself a kingdom kid because I grew up in kind of the development of the ICOC, but I 
I, it made a huge impact. I mean, I loved it because I was able to see just this. Um, I, I saw a big difference between kind of the older um, kind of more stale version of Christianity. I saw in some of these kind of older kind of traditional churches and then these mm-hmm. campus ministry churches or these churches where the, the like in Pueblo where they were baptizing like a hundred people a year and these campus students were just on fire and all that. So that had a big impact on me as a young mm-hmm. person. Um, but my, you know, my parents both uh, were very active. They were in the ministry. They, we moved for the ministry, you know, for them to, 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 to do that. And then we moved to Denver when I was in high school to be a part of um, what we call the discipling movement church. So kind mm-hmm. of the campus ministries became these. So what happened in Boston was, you had another situation like I'm describing where you have a campus minister who comes in and then there's cultural issues and then the church kind of splits. But so what happened in Boston was that church was exploding. And so a lot of churches were aligning themselves with Boston and, uh, and kind of, and it became very, very structural. So the structure that we had was a reaction to just like the church of Christ was a, their anti-structure mm-hmm. in my view was a reaction to the Presbyterian church. Those ministers came out of, our overstructure or too probably too much structure in my opinion was an overreaction to the lack of structure in the church of Christ. Right. Kind of a follow-up question. Was there anything that was kind of hard about that type of upbringing? Anything you look back on? Um, I think, um, you know, my experience was, was, was good. I think there was hard things that happened in the church. Like when I look at our church, I'm, and I feel like this is the spirit of you guys and of your podcast is like, I'm really grateful for our church. I love our church. I love the international aspect of it. I love um, mm-hmm. what God has done through it. I, and I'm, and I'm prayerful for it. I think, um, but we, we, we did some things that were sinful and we had some, some cultural, mm-hmm. there was some cultural stuff in the water. That was a, it was a bad hermeneutic. It was a bad interpretation right. of scripture. Yeah. I could get into if you want me to, but but that led us to, to some things that were, were not good, but I don't, I don't think yeah. those causal it early on. I, I don't think that was a big struggle, uh, you know, cultural problem, but then I think it became a cultural problem. So yeah. I experienced things more later, I think um, in college or as a, as a young minister that were like bad, like that were, I would consider almost abusive. And I think God disciplined us. God, and, and God still needs to discipline us, but we, we had, you know, we had sinful, some sinful practices or some sinful cultural things right. um, that I yeah. sure. I mean, not as much as maybe some people, cause I was usually around pretty awesome people and, you know, in the church that pretty mature, but I definitely experienced some stuff that I would say like, that's not cool. We shouldn't, that, that was really bad. <laughs> right. Right. As um, far as just, as far as like motivating the way that we motivated people just to get people don't know context, but right. Using sales techniques to motivate people or um, Mm. shaming people or um, using, using a group that kind of a group, a group thing to publicly shame someone Um, just Mm -hmm. things that were like, I don't know how that happened. And it was bad that it happened. Right. Uh, You know, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. What you're saying is getting me thinking, um, because I mean, here at Spacemakers, we talk a lot about 
you know, wanting change or calling for change or bridging gaps. And I think it's interesting that we, so we talk a lot about church history on this podcast. It just kind of, we'd never really set out to do it, but it kind of happens in every episode because I think it, it's so important to see where we've come from to understand what's going on right now. Cause I think a lot of people, if they think of, Oh no, like young people are are thinking differently. Or if they think of, Oh no, like people are saying things that they don't like about the church or they want to change things. Like it can kind of freak some people out. And the thing is with that, it's like, I think it will freak you out if you don't, remember where we come from. And like, I guess for you, since you've been around and your family has been around for so long, what, I guess, how do you make sense uh, or how do you see all of those changes and how do you make sense of it in your mind that like, wow, we change a lot. We mess up a lot. And I guess like, yeah. How do you process that? How does that not freak you out that like, Oh, you know, this whole thing is messed up. Maybe it's just the system. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if that makes sense, but I guess, how, how are you thinking through the fact that church goes through so many changes and makes so many mistakes and how do you see that going forward? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. I think for me, it's um, staying centered in, in Jesus and his teaching and his method. When I see that things were wrong, it was always that we were not following the way of Jesus. So Mm. like when I talk about a bad hermeneutic, like a scripture that used to be used a lot was Matthew 11. um, The kingdom of God has been forcefully advancing since the days of, of, of John and, and forceful men lay hold of it. And so the kingdom is forcefully advancing and we need to be forceful men. Like we need to aspire to be forceful and, and, and we have to, it's kind of like we have to force and and do this thing and we got to win the world in one generation. And so there was this, there was this, um, this, this model of, okay, what it means to be a disciple, what it means to be like, you know, a, a minister at our church is to be a forceful evangelist to like make people do the right thing. And, and that's just a horrible hermeneutic. It's not at all. That's not at all what that text says. Like if it, it, Mm. the forceful men are the, are the enemies who are, who are, who are persecuting the church, the church suffer. And they've even changed the newer NIV translation. Um, You know, the kingdom is forcefully advancing, meaning like in spite of forceful people, in spite of persecution, it's through the persecution that God works. And so like, for example, I think even the time that we're in right now where we're having conflict in our country and maybe even in our church, like people Mm -hmm. are afraid of that, but I think that's where God works. God works through those types of, of, he always is working in, in that stuff. So Mm -hmm. I think that's where, what you guys are doing and, and the voice of young people is so important. Like I've been at some of our conferences where there'll be a talk on postmodernism, for example. And it's a very like defensive talk. It's like, here are all mm-hmm. the things that are bad about postmodernism. And here's what our, our, our kids are reading or learning or, you know, Rob Bell or, you know, all these scary things. And it's like, we have to be scared. We have to be scared, but it's like, well, that's, that's not a solution. Like, like right. we're in postmodernism. So what is the spirit doing now? Like to me, it's right. like, well, there's, there's, 
Whereas before, even all of our all of our social structures were like a top down, a command and control structure base. But now it's like that's not the way even companies work. You know, it's very like there's a democratization of information. There's a lot of there, there's a, a really you know a lot of leveling out, and 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 people have to figure out for themselves what the truth is. And, and you know, and and prayerfully. The truth does rise to the top and truth is truth wherever you find it. And, and so God's going to be working through that. But so how do we respond to postmodernism? We have to like not run from it, but like lean into it. And so what does it mean to be a Christian in this space? So I think the church is always going to, we operate in a cultural space. So we always have to be going, what is the culture and how do I engage that culture without, without losing again, Jesus discipleship, what a Christian ethic looks like. Mm-hmm what it means to be Jesus. So I think as a church, we were guilty of neglecting um, love and mercy and tenderness and compassion. And like kindness was not an ethic in our, was not a staff ethic in the early nineties, in my opinion, you know, if you're a leader, you need to be a slave of all. You, you need to be the one who's making the sacrifices yourself. You need to be serving, you know, that's the Christian ethic is the way of Jesus. Yeah. And it's a lot difficult, a lot more difficult than just, I'm, I have all the answers and I'm going to tell everybody what to do and you need to do it. Like that's, that's a shortcut. That's not the Jesus way. The Jesus way is always harder. Other, you know, a church history helps me to not freak out looking at you know, <laughs> the Bible helps me to not freak out. Yeah. Um, so. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I mean, um, our whole podcast is all about just kind of bridging that gap and making sure that we're looking at culture and trying to see, you know, what Jesus is trying to do within the culture and not fight the culture. And I love what you said about, um, you know, kind of not being scared of, (laughs) um, I, I don't know. I just, I wish, I know that it's, it's funny because I I know that not everyone will even listen to this podcast because of fear of what we're going to say. And mm-hmm. I wish I could just tell everybody like, Hey, you don't have to be scared of us. <laughs> it's like, yeah. why are you, know, like it's, it's not scary. We're, you know, we're just trying to figure it out like you and, you know, we might say some kind of new things, but we want to talk with you. And, um, we definitely don't want to just be like, I don't know, these like scary kids who are saying these crazy things. And, um, you know, I just hope people don't, (laughs) don't, I guess, like take that from, uh, who we are, but (laughs) yeah, you know, well, it is, I mean, anything uncertain is scary. Right. right? And, uh, I think, I think having to trust God. So throughout the Bible, there's always trust God, but it's going to be scary and you don't know where he's leading you. Mm-hmm. And you don't know, and you're not going to agree with how he does it sometimes. And yeah. he's not going to show you, he might show you step one, but he's not going to show you step two or three. So wow. anyway, but I see where the fear comes from. So I guess it, it's, it helps to go. Okay. And when people are afraid, that's when they tend to be a little angry maybe, or, or like right. have, 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 have uh, teeth to the, what they're yeah. saying, because, and I, I myself in, included, like I, I recognize when I get angry, I usually go, it's cause I'm afraid. I'm afraid of what might happen or I'm afraid of, right. of, uh, right. Yeah. Well, and a few of our friends and I, like we were talking on zoom, um, and we were just kind of the space makers and a few of our friends and we were talking about how, like, we know that when we're, you know, when we're in the older generation, like we hope that we will also extend that same 
courage to listen to the younger because we know we're gonna have to let go of some stuff that we fought for when we were young and you know it's just and I think it that's why it's cool to even have this conversation with you because you've kind of seen the cycles um and so you know we're hoping that you know I hope when I'm 50 I will look at the 25 year old and be like hey like I want to hear what's going on in your world and um you know but that's kind of what we talked about with Gordon too, that he was like, I set out to not be that old person that shuts down the young people. I want to be the old person who listens and learns from the young people. And now he is. And so, you know, we hope that we can be that when we're Gordon's age too. (laughs) Amen. Yeah, I do too. I, I really, I really have a lot of, of, of optimism, um, and, and, uh, excitement about the younger generation. Our churches. Yeah. Um, I'm so interested because you talked about how like there's not a whole lot of people your age and a bit younger in the ICOC church still. I think we've kind of coined it as the lost generation. Mm. Even on our podcast, there's like 28% are between like 18 and 22. Then there's like another percentage in the 20s of the like 22 to 28. And then like 35 to 45 is like, so much lower. Mm. And I think that's purely because there aren't very many people or ministers in the like 30 to 45, 50 right. range. Mm. And yeah, we have more like 50, 60 year old listeners than yeah. we do in the 30. 40. Yeah. Yeah. We have more like even older people than we do for this people, for that group of people. So I was wondering if you had any insight of obviously, you know, it can be just your opinion or something that you've looked into and stuff like that. No worries about, you know, how sure you are, but just in your opinion, like, what do you think happened? Like, was it that cultural clash? Was there just not space for them? Um, I'm so interested in what you think. What happened in 2003 and those years there for a while, there was a total lack of investment in, in young people in campus ministry. I think everything God judged us. I think we, you know, we had become humanistic in, again, in my view, but, and I take responsibility for that. Like it was our sins. And so, but then we just sort of maintained. And so then we lost any kind of campus outreach for a while. It took us a while, maybe a decade even to kind of get the campus stuff rolling again. That's why we don't have many people that age group. That's I think it's more of a lack of investment back then. So switching gears here a little bit. um, So now that you are a parent of quote unquote kingdom kids, and they probably were called kingdom kids because of where they were raised. Do you see any differences between kind of your quote unquote kingdom kid experience and your kids or the, the people their age? I know that you said you talked to a lot of young people. So you see any differences yeah i mean i think our the the culture has changed our church culture has changed um Mm. i think uh when i was growing up and and in the church it's like if you wanted to learn something or how to do something or you wanted training it, it came from the older people in your life it came from discipling and mentoring and like how to have a great marriage or how to parenting or whereas now like kids have access to like starting with my oldest, he's 22. Like he's the first generation to grow up with 
you know, smartphones and stuff. So it's like right. our kids have access to all of human knowledge at any moment. And so mm-hmm. that's a whole cultural shift. That's a whole new thing. Yeah. So whereas I had to like learn from older people things, my kids can learn that from YouTube or, or, or from, you know, they can just do their own, they have access to all of that information. So it's a different kind of mm-hmm. dynamic um, that, that was new, you know? And so yeah, it, it shifts. I think it does shift the conversation between like w- what you guys are doing, like the bridge, the bridging the gap stuff, because it's a, it's a new relationship. And I think older people can feel like, what are we here for then? Because the younger people are like, we don't really need you. Cause we mm-hmm. can, we can get like, why should I learn from parent about parenting from you when mm-hmm. I can hear from this expert, you know, who's the best of the best on YouTube or, or, you know, whatever, right. like, so, but, and I'm not saying that's what all young people are saying, but, but I think it, the dynamic is, has changed even in oh, our yeah. culture where it's like, I think every other human um, culture and history, it's like the, the, the wisdom is found in the elders and though mm-hmm. that's kind of the source of knowledge for your community, that's not, right. that's not the case anymore. You know, you have access to the wisdom right. of all of humanity now. So, um, right. so that, that's definitely different. Like my, like my son, Marshall, who he just got baptized in May, you know, I would kind of think we were going to have these conversations like we're having now. And we, we, we have long, long talks, but I would think we, you know, I would be the one to explain to him about kind of some of the stuff about our church and where we can, but he would, he was already researched it all on his own. Like he's like, oh, right. God, McKean and this and that. And then, right. the, you know, the, you know, the, the this article and, and this persecution, and like he's already read all the Wikipedia stuff about right. the ICOC and he knows all the debates. And, you know, he's already like, yeah. so it's a new, it's like a, a different dynamic to our relationships. Now he's more like asking me, what do I, what do I think about this stuff that he's already researched and already knows everything about? That's such a good point. I think if I could, like, I don't know, like, if I could wave a magic wand and have my generation be better at something, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it would probably be like getting advice from elders. I'm not saying that we don't, but I'm saying it is hard when you see, you're right, like, you see all the information on your phone. You're like, why do I have to ask (laughs) this other person? Um, Because I think both, but then at the same time, if I could wave, wave a magic wand for the older generation to be better at something, it would be to talk to the younger generation. And I think there's things that we can learn about both. And I think for the younger, you know, we're so, we have so much information that just floods us all the time, which I think is great. Um, But I think also we need to remember that we need each other and, you know, we need to, you know, maybe we have all this new information that like our parents or our grandparents don't know. We need to walk with them. Um, and like this, we need to still walk with them and see where that leads us versus, um, and then you have like the older generation and, you know, looking at all the younger generation, all this information. And it's like, again, we don't want it to like scare them, but that's why we need to build these bridges and all this stuff. Cause I think it would be great if we like, used the strengths of each generation and like kind of came together with all that because it is because it is cool that we have so much information at our fingertips but it would be cool if we didn't see that as like a a scary thing but like more of a strength and then just I don't know use that to further better conversations you know yeah Um, totally yeah 
Yeah. And I think it's, it's it, like going back to your question about how to not be afraid or how to process what, what's going on. And, and so I think, again, it's what helps me is thinking about what is God doing in our world? And, and like, right. I, like it has to be God that, that all these God is behind the internet. God is behind smartphones. God is behind. They, these are not the enemy. It's mm. how do we, if the enemy wants to use them, you know, Satan mm-hmm. wants to use those things, just like Satan used the power structures. Satan used the Roman empire, Satan used, you know, but, but, but we're in this cosmic battle. And so we got to go, what is like, how would the apostle Paul use Instagram? How would the apostle Paul use um, a, a mm-hmm. smartphone? How, like, like how would the, how would the apostle use all this apostle Paul use all of human knowledge that's available at our fingertips now? Like people, my age were a little more afraid, afraid of the internet, afraid of knowledge Mm -hmm. everywhere. Because, because there was the ability for a time to kind of control. I don't want people to hear that because they might might not know how to process it, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and that could be controlled that can't be controlled anymore. You know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you have to go, how do we, so how do I'm going to assume you have access to all human knowledge. So how do we process all human knowledge? <laughs> you know, right. it's a different. It's a very different thing that's unique in human society. And that, that can be really scary, but it's also really exciting. Like this mm-hmm. is a really cool time we're in. Like we're in a time yeah. that's unlike any in human history. And, and it comes with yeah. huge challenges, global warming, right. Right. um, you know, there's all kinds of things with globalism that are good and that are scary or that are difficult, but it's right. a, it's a really cool time to, to be a Christian mm-hmm. and to be a part yeah. of the kingdom of God, you know, and what God's yeah. doing. And, uh, and I see in the young people, a huge, like, I think maybe through all the hope youth cores and through, but just even, even not in the church, there's a real desire to like, um, help ease human suffering you know, whereas I think the older people, the people, especially even the generation before me, there was more of us, a, a salvation, like a personal salvation side of the gospel. Like we let's just get people saved. And then like, that's much more important. Whereas, and, and, and there's, you know, th- th- those are big conversations about, well, what's the balance, you know? And I like what Tim Keller says about the balance. He has a great book called center church. That's kind of all about kind of maintaining that balance you know it's not all just individual salvation it's not just like social gospel or or mm. um it's got to be both but i yeah. i really see in in young people the the social gospel part the the like let's let's do something about injustice let's do something about mm. um sure. creation care let's do something about homelessness let's do something about poverty like like yeah that's i think that's super important and i i value that and i'm i'm inspired by the young people with that, you know, and, uh, yeah. I think I've also learned about, I think there's more of a, like focus on, I think doctrine is important, but I think in, in previous generations, there's been over-focus on doctrine. I think, especially like in the yeah. hundreds of years ago, it was like, I mean, you know, it was like people would kill each other over doctrine. I mean, that's crazy, you know, <laughs> yeah. like literally kill each other because of what they thought about baptism. Like, can you imagine that? Like, right. People were killing each other <laughs> over doctrine. Yeah. That's <laughs> nuts. But, right. um, but I think, um, certainly, you know, when I was in college, we had all, I mean, that was our, that was the battleground was doctrine stuff. Like 
People yeah, always yeah. wanted to argue baptism and argue about this and argue about that. But I think younger people, that's, they don't care about doctrine as much. It's more yeah. of, uh, of kind of who you are and how you're living. And, 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 and there's more of an appreciation of discipleship and being like Jesus. And so I think I've learned, I, I, I appreciate that about mm. younger people. I think that that yeah. has changed. I think there's a real um, ethic for, for, tolerance, the right kind of tolerance, you know, and, and, and compassion and caring about people who are different and caring about the marginalized, mm-hmm. um, caring about people who are, you know, hearing the voice of the other, right. Not just being dug in, right. in your own worldview, but like, what is life like from their worldview? And there's a real appreciation mm-hmm. for that. So I, yeah. I, I really value all of that. I think along with that can come maybe, um, you know, hesitancy to kind of plant your flag somewhere or like, go. well, I'm really, I think we do need to stand for this. Like we can't flex on this or we, because Mm -hmm. the the only thing worse than being, uh, I mean that the worst, everybody's tolerant of everything except intolerance, (laughs) you know, like the worst thing you could be is like intolerant, you know, in our, in our culture, like now. And, uh, Mm -hmm. so if you are seen as like having a stand or, or, or kind of excluding someone, oh my gosh, that's the worst thing you could ever do. So I think, but Jesus did, right? He did take stands. He did exclude people, or he did say he was a, exclusive in some ways, you know, but he, he, right. he reached out to the marginalized, but then he also said here, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. That's an exclusive statement. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, so I, I, I that, that's something we got to figure out that tension of, but mm-hmm. I, again, I think Jesus is the answer, you know, and it's, it, it yeah. depends on the audience. You know, he, Jesus dealt right. really differently with Nicodemus. He's like pretty harsh, you know, like, Hey, you're Israel's yeah. teacher. You don't know this, you know, <laughs> like that's pretty disrespectful to a guy of Nicodemus's stature. Like this is right. a guy in his society. Absolutely. And, but then the woman caught in adultery. He's like, I don't condemn you. Leave your life of sin. He has compassion. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it, we might have to speak with different messages to different people but yeah that makes sense yeah that's really good I feel like you hit our generation like on the head like yeah you (laughs) you got it um because you're talking about even like social media and social justice and things like that and um and how you see our generation kind of dealing with all those things um and then you have somebody on your staff Megan (laughs) who runs Lifeline LA um and has started that even before Space Makers um and I know that she's posted things or done things that have not made, have made some leaders not so happy, which we can, can um, attest to. Um, and I don't know, it's just, it's interesting because I mean, the things that she posts can kind of be controversial. Um, I don't think that's a <laughs> secret because um, she just posts some, some current stuff. And, and if you're not familiar with Lifeline LA, go check it out. Um and so I guess I'm curious what your, your thoughts are on even just the fact that you are including her on your team, you know, cause I think a lot of people would be scared of like, oh, this person posting stuff on social media about church and like, that's so scary or, um, yeah. I don't know. So I guess how, what's your attitude towards, towards that? And obviously Megan, feel free to chime in as well. Cause that question is about you. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know, I honestly, I, I'm just more of a listener and learner right now with that stuff because I don't know how 
I don't know how to deal with wrestle with difficult issues in the digital space. We, we just, mm-hmm. my generation hasn't done that. And I right. haven't seen great success with, I, I'm, I mean, I don't mean it's, it can't be done. I appreciate younger. I mean, the way that my daughter communicates with her friends is so different than the way that I communicate with my friends. I, that's just not the way that I, I grew up. I, I'm, I'm too old. I've tried, I try to learn social media and right. then I get kind of spun a, a little bit sometimes. So I, I don't know. I like, I want to learn from you guys with that stuff. Like I, I, mm-hmm. with, with the world of how do we wrestle with tough issues in the digital space? Like, I don't, right. I don't know how to do that. So I've been really kind of quiet on social media with big issues. It's like, I'm just posting flowers. I saw on my walk, you know what I mean? <laughs> nice. Like we have people in our church who are extreme right wing and we have people in our church that, you know, really lean left. And, 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 uh, but when, and so on social media, those people, like their dialogue can be horrible, but yeah. in person, it's like, you see each other. It's like, Oh, I like that person. Oh, I like that person. And then that, you yeah. know, a lot of that kind of goes away. Yeah. So anyway, the, 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 the long answer is I, I, I feel like I'm just still listening and learning in that, mm-hmm. in that space. I don't, I don't know how to do it. And I, I want to learn, you know, and, yeah. and uh, I'm open to, to suggestions. Yeah. But I appreciate what you said about like, that you just want to listen because you know, you, that's not how, this isn't how you grew up and it's kind of new to your generation. Whereas we like grew up doing yeah. it. Um, cause that's so interesting. Cause even, I mean, we're trying, we've been trying to figure out how to do like a social media episode for the podcast. And the funny thing about that is every podcast that we do, we want to have like experts or, you know, people and listen to their experiences and usually older people so we can bridge that generational gap. But then we're like, what? Oh, no, no. You guys are the social media experts. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, cause we're like, what older people should we ask questions to when right. <laughs> we don't know either? Yeah. So. And there'll be, I mean, though it's, you can say we just shouldn't be political online or we shouldn't talk about spiritual issues online or, you know, but I, I is that true? Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't, that that's a solution, right? If just, if all we, if we all do what I'm doing and just do flowers and, you know, scriptures <laughs> right. and just try to keep it shallow and try to keep, and, and, and maybe that's what we need to do. Like, I think there is a difference in wrestling with something in person mm. because there, you know, there's Absolutely. an anonymity that people hide behind sometimes online. And so they right. say things that they would never say in person. Right. And, right. and so, but I'm not, I, I, I'm not authorized to say you can't, solve these problems on social media. I don't know that, you know, like I'm not, Mm. I'm too much of an infant in that arena and you guys are more the experts. So, you know, and maybe you've had some success. I don't, I don't know, you know, like I'm not there, you know? Um, Yeah. And like, like my kids know how to, like my daughter had this conflict with another girl. It's her age and they settled it over text. I can't do that. Like text is not a good way to settle especially a, a relational conflict. Like I have to get on the phone. We have to talk it through because, but she handled it over text. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. Amen. Right. You, know, you guys, you guys are able to do that, I guess, you know, maybe. With- yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, yeah. I mean, all right. Podcast listeners, you know, you're here, here first. Jay Brian Craig said <laughs> we can do our own um, social media episode. We don't have to have a guest <laughs> for it. Um, yeah. Meeks, you wanted to add something? 
Sure. Um, yeah, I just love this conversation. And even I feel like it just ties back to what we were talking about earlier in the podcast. Like when we become fearful, it's really easy to reject culture. And mm-hmm. it's really easy to be like, we don't know how to do this. So we're just going to not do it. And at this point, there's really no turning back. Right. <laughs> there's no like, we're going to get rid of cell phones and like, we're going to get rid of the internet and go back to, right. you know, <laughs> pre iPhone days. Like, I just really don't think that's ever going to happen unless a zombie apocalypse happens or something. But right. so it's easy. I think when we're fearful to be like, don't use these things. And like, don't, I've heard so many times, don't use social media and like just as a blanket statement. And mm-hmm. um, obviously like we need to, um, take things carefully and be, and be wise. And like, what is best? And certain things are great for social media and other things are not great for social media, just like text versus call. Like, you know, we have to use like different methods for different purposes. Um, but I just, I really loved that point that you brought up earlier. I think it just ties back perfectly that that's kind of what we're facing is do we embrace this and do we really lean into it and start trying to think of how God could use it? and what he might be trying to do, or are we just going to reject it altogether and just label it as, you know, unhelpful. Right. Um, So I just think that that's super interesting and something that we're all learning, you know, like this is so new for all, like, even though we've grown up in it, like just the heightened momentum with social issues just in the past, like three or four years is new to all of us. Yeah. Um, So I just think, we all just need to have grace with each other. Um, And we can't expect everybody to like, kind of like how the parts of the body, like each part serves its own purposes. Like not everybody can be on the front lines of social justice issues. Like should like, would that be awesome? Yeah. But is that realistic? No. And we also need balance. Like we need the people that are also going to be the ministers, like that are helping people with their emotions and the therapists And then we need the people who are just really positive. Like they're not critical thinkers and they're just really positive and they want to give you a good word. Right. Um, We need all of those people to have the most comprehensive and dynamic body. Because if everybody looks exactly the same, that's really not church, you know? Um, But I think when there's imbalance, that's when people start screaming for a need, you know? And I think there has been such a lack of the social gospel Uh, Maybe that's an overgeneralization, but at least within the past, like 20 years, probably. Um, So now it's like, okay, we need to catch up if that makes sense. And that's probably why a lot of us are so passionate is because we feel the need to like undo the bout, like make it balanced again. I don't know. So those were just my thoughts. Um, Yeah, that's really good. I mean, I I think you said two things that were really are really, really wise and and you you could really build off of, I think the second thing was the, the diversity of the body. And I totally agree with you that we need diversity in the body. I know Gordon mentioned that on, on the podcast you had with him, but I think, uh, you know, the God, God chose, even Jesus had a really diverse team. Like he had a, a tax collector who is tax collector is you have, have given up on your Jewishness and you're saying I'm in line with Romans and I'm stealing from my own countrymen. I'm that much in line with the Romans. And then he had a zealot and zealots are like, zealots are like, we need to overthrow the Roman empire. We hate Romans. We'll kill them if we can. Like that is the opposites. I mean, that's like, I don't, I I don't even want to give you an example. I don't know what that is today, but we really need each other. The young need the old, 
the old need the young, the the rich need the poor, the poor need the rich. I mean, we we all need uh, need each other. Right. Yeah, I love that. Oh, this is good stuff. Um, it's funny how like just a conversation about generations and like different kingdom kid experiences opens up stuff about you know truth <laughs> and social media and like all the things that it brings up. So I love this type of conversation. Um, but we definitely wanted to, I guess, to bring it in for a landing. If we have Jay Brian Craig on here, we have to ask him a question about worship because okay. <laughs> how could we not? Um, so I guess, you know, since you're definitely, um, yeah, so that's definitely your area of expertise. And I, we just wanted to ask, so for, you know, me, my husband and I are worship leaders, so we have sung your songs many awesome. a time. Uh, and I guess I wanted to ask, is there anything that you've learned recently, like in your journey um, in your attitude towards musical worship and what are, what have you been learning recently? So take that question however you want. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, gosh, I, I feel like I'm always learning. Um, yeah. Speaking of culture, I think the way that we do worship again, it's like, there's, there's God and there's Jesus and there's gathering around the table of fellowship and, and, and communion and why we're together, but then the way and style and form that we're going to do that is always going to be changing and shifting. And if we, if we like get too attached to one way of doing it, then I think th- then we become traditional or then we become like, we, right. we got to be open to changing. And, and so there's been a lot of change in my time in the church. I mean, I remember when it was a rule of, you know, if you were going to be up front, you had to have a coat and tie, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and maybe some places is still like that in the South or somewhere, but I mean, where we are in, in, in LA, it's like, you look weird if you have a coat and tie, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, on a Sunday, like, like that's when people dress down, you know, like <laughs> that's, that's the day to wear, you know, your, your Hawaiian shirt and your khakis. If, you know, if, if you're in your flip-flops or whatever. So, <clears throat> so, you know, there's, there's cultural changes and so like, even, even my songs, I think sometimes people can think like, I, I think it should be a certain way. And I, and I don't, I I'm, I'm totally open and I've changed my styles and my songs and, and, and kind of what we're doing, you know, through the years. And so sometimes people associate my music with a certain way of doing it. And, and I, I don't feel, I feel like, like, I love when people take like, like there was a church, I think. I don't, I can't remember where it was. It's somewhere in Asia. I, I wish I could tell you exactly where, but they did this version of be with me, Lord. That's like this EDM, uh, <laughs> Love. Like, like K-pop version of, of, of be with amazing. me. Lord. That is so good. It's so amazing. <laughs> I love it so love. much, but that song was written. Like that's just, that was like an acapella song. Cause we didn't have instruments when we were doing it back in the day. So I love like, like a song, my, uh, changing and, 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 and evolving and doing it in different mm. ways. Like it's, it's totally cool. So I think um, it's always important for every congregation to kind of go, what, what, what is, what is our culture? Who are we trying to reach? Who are we as a, as a, as a group and like what works for us? Um, Cause a lot of our churches are small. And so they can't do like this big conference worship. Like they've got to do, you know, a, a certain they got to do what works for them, you know? And, and, and I think 
So, so back to the question of what you learned, I think during COVID we had to do, we were doing some of those videos where you like have everybody do their part over, over uh, their cell phone. And then I would edit it all together. And we probably mm-hmm. made about 10 or 12 of those videos. Um, and it was fun because it kind of was our group and our identity and stuff, but they're really, really labor intensive. I mean, at the beginning, yeah. it was taking me like 18 hours to make one of those. I think I got down to maybe being able to do one in like eight hours or something, eight or 10 hours, but that's a lot of work for one song, you know? Yeah. So we started doing here in my garage, in my garage. Um, this is, we kind of set nice. it up as a, those lights aren't on, there's lights up there, but we kind of set it up as this, like almost like a TV studio. And so we would have the worship team over here and just do cool. a live stream. So all of our worship was live mm. in this space with like three people or four people. And uh, it was very different because I was so used to, so I came to, to worship ministry through like being a song leader in the teens or the campus where you're just singing as loud as you can, like these happy clapper songs and just, you know, so I would sing very loud. I'm, and, and I'm, and it's all about hearing the congregation and leading the congregation through it. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and I love all that, but I'm not like a, I'm not like a performer like I didn't come to worship as as from the performance space as much uh, more from the like song leader space. So during COVID it's like, it's so alienating because it's just like me and my voice (laughs) instead of hearing that I can't, there's no church voice. And so at first it was kind of disorienting and uh, I didn't like it at all because I don't really like hearing myself saying, but, but I learned to, to lean into it and, and learn to listen and learn to play quieter and sing quieter. Cause I, I sing so loud I, that I can kind of be a little pitchy and, and, but it doesn't matter when you're just leading this big congregation. Right. But, but I, I learned to kind of sing. So, and a lot of modern mm-hmm. music is way sings very, you know, very, very soft, you know, like yeah. um, what's her name that um, with the green hair. Billy Eilish, Eilish. Yeah, super soft, right? Very, very yeah. soft and, uh, and amazing, amazing. But so I learned to kind of be okay with being soft and singing soft right. and playing my guitar really soft and more nuanced and, and, um, you know, trying to have, um, a different approach to worship, you know, and, and I, I learned also that we could have really powerful and meaningful and deep worship with just we started having like a Bible talk at a time in the alley. So this garage door opens up so we could have people be outside and socially distance and stuff. So we would have a Bible talk come and kind of be our audience. And we had such great worship with just like three people and a Bible talk of 10. And it was like a really deep and meaningful worship experience. So it showed me that you can have awesome worship with like a really small group. It doesn't have to be, you know, 500 people and, and 12 people on stage and all this technology. So Mm -hmm. that made me like, like kind of excited for our churches that are smaller or, yeah. I mean, so, um, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. It's so funny that I feel like what you're saying about worship is like kind of the same message about what we were saying about everything else. It's just Mm -hmm. like, you know, when the culture changes or when situations change, sometimes, in adapting to what is the need of the time you find out that like your roadblocks were actually like blessings that are Mm going to lead to something cooler or greater, just different. Um, so that's really cool and super encouraging. 
Um, is there anything else, um, I guess, Meigs or you guys, you want to say before we wrap up? Is there any closing thoughts? Anything? Um, well, I, I really, I, again, I really, well, before I say this, uh, on the worship side or the music side, another thing that mm -hmm. I was learning or working on during COVID was uh, other types of music. So I have, um, nobody knows about this because I, and I, I probably need Megan's help with how to market this, but so I have this whole other kind of music that's not worship music, but I've always been into, which is like alternative rock and stuff like that. So I started releasing music, but I didn't want to release it under my name because people kind of, it's so different than like, it's my worship <laughs> songs. So it's under yeah, this yeah. band name called ties to the light ties to the light. So if anybody is interested in that, like, it's funny because it has such little impact. Like, like I'll get this thing of spot from Spotify and it's like my, my music, it's like you had, you know, 1200 listeners and then ties to the light is you had nine listeners. <laughs> <laughs> So nobody knows about it. And I can't right. put it on Facebook. There's only four people that will see it now because of the algorithm. Yeah. But um, well, you can so, get, you'll get exposure from space makers listeners. So I'll put that out there, you know, just at, there you go. Give it a, give it a listen. It's called ties Shameless to the light. Plug. Of but, course. Um, but then I, I just wanted to say, again, I really appreciate what you guys are doing. I appreciate your posture of, of not trying to, you know, say, Hey, we're young and we have all the answers and everybody needs to listen to us, but we just want to have yeah. a conversation. Right. And we just, mm -hmm. and, and even inviting older people to your podcast and, and wanting to, to um, you know, to hear from, from us and modeling that, you know, I, I think, I think that's great. I really do hope that the older people are listening to you. It's encouraging that your, your demographic is some older people listening to your podcast. And I really, I am telling yeah. people to, li to listen to it. Um, Yay, thanks. So I, I appreciate, you know, what you're doing. I really do agree with what Megan said. Like we really need each other. We really need diversity in the church mm -hmm. and different voices and, and humility and to hear each other out uh, with humility. Yeah. So I love that. Thank you so much. Yay. Appreciate it. Thanks for being here. Is there anything else? Yeah. Are I just you... want to say thanks. Thanks, Brian, for taking time. And um, I was literally so excited because when you came up to me at that staff meeting, I was like, oh my gosh, this could actually be so cool. And I've been pestering everybody. Like we need to figure out when Brian can be on our podcast. Because <laughs> I've been so excited. And it's just like really cool to hear from your life experiences. Because mm -hmm. I think even for me, like church history is so good to understand. Um, but even just the fact that like you've gone through all these different stages, like to hear that the mm -hmm. COC, the Church of Christ was like not structured. I was like, hearing that I was like what like <laughs> I thought like organized religion has always been very structured and so just to see kind of the waves of like okay so there was no structure so people craved structure and then now we have all the structure now we're wanting no structure and how that's <laughs> just like the ebb and flow of humanity is just like this constant strive not strife right. but like striving towards balance um, mm -hmm. and like really being attuned to what people need. Um, it's just been, it just gives me a lot of, what's the word contentment or mm -hmm. just like trust, because I can feel like this has never happened before in history. And yeah. we're like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> there's yeah. so much. And in some ways that's true because it's different, but in other ways, like 
everything, like there's nothing new under the sun. Um, and that doesn't minimize anything that anybody's going through, but at least mm-hmm. it just gives me some perspective on just kind of what's going on. Um, and so right. that like really helps just give me understanding and that there's people like you that have just kind of seen it all. And you guys are still standing and you're still, you know, you still believe in God and you're still just trying to live like Jesus. And yeah. I just love that. So I'm really grateful for your experiences and all of your life stuff. Something that we could have never learned on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Amen. So thank well, you. thanks for, yeah. Thanks for having me on and asking questions mm-hmm. and listening to my very long <laughs> answers that go all over the place. You know, I, you're good. Yeah, we touched on a whole lot of stuff. We did. We did. This is the board. Thanks so much for listening. We're going to link Brian's music and that fun Be With Me Lord cover he mentioned in the show notes. But we also wanted to mention before we go that we want to meet you all. We're going to be hosting a Zoom call pretty soon that is open to all our listeners around the world where we can meet you, answer questions, and of course, make space for some awesome conversations. So make sure to either follow us on Instagram or Facebook for updates. You'll want to also keep an eye out for our next series coming out soon with the likes of Marty Solomon from the Beeman podcast, Douglas Jacoby, and lots more amazing guests. We are introducing, demystifying, and diving into deconstruction. We are so excited for this one, guys. So see you later, and thanks for coming to our space.